Welcome to Relation Fix, the podcast dedicated to creating healthy, happy, and passionate connections with our loved ones. I'm Shana Dubay, your host. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone, to Relation Fix. Today is going to be a fun episode. It's a little bit of a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants kind of episode. It's going to be organic. And I started this podcast in the beginning with the idea that all of relationships evolve out of a foundation about how you feel about yourself and how you love yourself. And I still believe that's really true. And that was our very first episode was It Begins With You. And I felt like it was the right time in the 16th episode to delve into that relationship again. That's why the amazing Frank is back. Oh, thank you. Or what did you identify me the last time? The, the love, love guru master. or love master? Yeah, not guru. <laughs> that's all, that's other people. Yes, we we had to work on the guru. We're at the master. Yes, we're part. at master level. Then guru is above master. I get yes. it. Yes. Why do I feel like this is going to be a tough episode? I definitely think it's going to be interesting because there's going to be some delving into like things we like or don't like about ourselves, some which work, is yeah. always hard. But I also think that it could be transformational. Oh, definitely. I mean, we always have a good time. So I'm not worried about that. I have that feeling it might be a lot of work and self-actualization and like really looking at oneself in the mirror. And sometimes we don't like everything we see. So Mm -hmm. it's a little nerve wracking. Don't run away. It's going to be okay. Yes. Get through this together. Don't run away. It's going to be okay (laughs) because we're gay. (laughs) Yay. Yay. (laughs) It's a rhyming episode. Just kidding. <laughs> well, I think it's important because we always need to learn and grow and keep learning new things about ourselves and our relationships. So I think that it's a really good time to kind of hit that space. So as usual, please like, comment, subscribe to the podcast, share it with other people. Our goal here is really to help as many people as possible. So the more you share and tell us about your experience, the more we can do that. Yes, definitely. Can I add to something you said just a second ago? I feel like we do, well, maybe not all of us, but some of us, we do put work into ourselves and we can put a lot of work into ourselves and make a lot of progress. But then life happens and sometimes we might forget things or we might not be thinking about some of those lessons in a specific moment. So I do agree that I think it's important to refresh this type of work sometimes because it's not like you just do it one time and you're good for the rest of your life. Oh, I couldn't agree more. We have to continue to grow. It's part of one of our basic needs. Yeah. You know, when we talked about that, when we did our needs episode, you know, it's one of our basic needs is to grow and learn and change over time. So I definitely think that this is important. The basis for this episode came from a little video that I saw with Jay Shetty. If you guys don't know who he is, he's amazing. He, I think he used to be a monk, right? He's not a monk any longer. I think he used to be. He had went away for a while to really be in touch with himself again. And I think those core beliefs. Yeah, But he's an author. He's definitely a relationship guru. Yes. He's very much, um, he's a very wise man. And I happened to see a video with him and he said, all relationships have three relationships in them. They have the relationship that you have with yourself, the relationship that your partner has with themselves, and then the relationship that you two have together. So when you're having issues in your relationship or things are coming up or your partner's having a hard time and you're like, I'm doing everything for this person. I'm, I'm helping them. I'm, I'm taking care of them. I'm taking care of the things in the house. I'm doing all this stuff, but they don't feel better. And I don't feel supported. It gives you an opportunity to say, well, is there really an issue that's happening between us? Or is it that my partner is having an issue with themselves? Is the issue really in the relationship that they have? Is the issue in the relationship that I'm having with myself? I have trouble with rejection and abandonment. So sometimes I'm projecting some of my own relationship space with myself onto my relationship. Oh, definitely. It's such an important question. I did that recently, actually. Yeah. Oh, totally. And so it's not really always an issue that you have in this relationship with each other. Sometimes that's solid, but you need to work on yourself or your partner needs to work on themselves because you can only bring 
who you are to your relationship. Whoever you are with yourself is what you bring to your relationship. And so it gives you different things to look at. So it made me kind of think about this skill that I use a lot with my clients and I've also used with myself and it's called persona creation. And the best description I have of persona creation is Beyonce. She's probably, I mean, isn't she amazing anyway? I mean, who doesn't love her? But All the single ladies. Exactly. And she is a really good example of a person who used a persona to help herself evolve. Yes. So when Beyonce was young, she just, she was a beautiful singer. She was a, a really beautiful person. And she was a girl who sang in church. That's where she learned to sing. That's where she worshipped. But when she was discovered and she was looking to be in Destiny's Child and, you know, long before she became the mega star that we know nowadays, she felt like she wasn't this person that we know as Beyonce. She was, Beyonce was this church girl, this, you know, young, small, humble church girl. She wasn't a diva. You know, she wasn't this big persona. And so she created for herself like sort of an alter ego, if you will, or a persona named Sasha Fierce. And every time she would have to go out on stage or she would have to perform, especially in big venues, she would not be Beyonce in her head. In her head, she stepped into Sasha Fierce. That's who she was. And Sasha Fierce was confident and powerful and empowered and was a diva and took charge. She was a leader. She was everything that we think of Beyonce as being. And that wasn't who she was. And as soon as she came off the stage, she was back to herself again. And so what happened over time, though, because she stepped into Sasha Fierce's space so often, all of those things, all of those qualities that she did not believe that she had became part of her. And then she came out with that album, I Am Sasha Fierce. Not I, I step into Sasha Fierce, but I am Sasha Fierce. And at that point, she didn't need the persona anymore because Beyonce became all of those things too. Lady Gaga did sort of a similar thing. A lot of performers do that because when you meet them outside of you know the stage or however they're performing, they tend to be introverted. They tend to be very different. And they step into this persona space. And eventually, a lot of those feelings actually become your own. Those attributes become who you are. So I actually did this for myself at one point. And I have to chuckle because I'm an odd person in a lot of ways. Aren't we all, though? Yeah. I mean, I don't know why, but I always pick things that are like a little bit weird or a little bit unique in some way. I hate to be regular for whatever reason. I can't wait to see what weird is to you <laughs> well so my persona um just so you know you're gonna have to name your persona because we're gonna do this with frank oh boy case. see this is where the tough work is gonna come in <laughs> <laughs> but so <laughs> the, my persona i named my persona sekmet oh yeah i forgot <laughs> <laughs> right which is an egyptian goddess yes and I just, I don't know, but she's like a warrior. She's like powerful. She's confident. She's a leader. She's all those things that I wanted myself to be yes. because it's hard to step into that space. And even just coming on to do a podcast, like I'm nervous every single time I sit down to do this and I think, oh my God, like, who am I to even be talking? And I'm like, I'm in a place of service. I'm a warrior. I'm going to do these things because this is what I'm meant to do. And so I have to step into that space. So I made like a little banner and I put it above my desk and I, I colored it and put like little Egyptian symbols on there. And I wrote all the attributes and stuff like that to try to kind of remember. But the point of doing persona work, in my opinion, is, is that we all want to be our best selves. We all want to feel better. We all want to do better. But sometimes we get stuck with how to do it because yeah. we just feel like our regular selves. And so we're like, fake it till you make it. But that doesn't always work. We have to have like a different strategy for it. Seriously, no. It, it, for me, it's always been a battle between fake it till you make it. And I'm so paralyzed with fear I don't do anything. Yeah. I, and I think a lot of people understand that space. And so for me, I just found this to be really interesting because you're kind of looking at like, how do I normally react to situations based on the experiences that I've had? 
And how do I want to act? How do I want to react? Because in reality, our personality does not stay the same throughout our whole lives. But a lot of times it just sort of organically happens where it's almost a reaction to our lives over time. But we don't have to do that. We can create our own personality based on what we want to foster for ourselves. And that's what this is really about. So as Frank mentioned a little bit, it this can be hard. It can be a little bit difficult to sort of look at things about yourself that you have difficulty accepting or have been challenges in the past. So if you have some sensitivity to that or you need to take some time or even if you need to step back for now, if, you, if this is not the work that you want to do and just listen to the process, that's okay too. If you do feel like you can do this work and you want to try this for yourself, I think it's an amazing process to go through. But listen to yourself. Trust your gut. Trust yourself. If you need to step back, don't force it. It's okay to kind of push a little bit, but don't do it to the point where you're going to hurt yourself mentally, emotionally, spiritually. It's okay to listen to that space for yourself. So the first part of this process is what's called a schema. Mm-hmm. And this is a tool that's used in CBT, cognitive behavior therapy. And it sort of looks at life by saying everything that happens in life is neutral. Every event that happens is neutral and it becomes positive or negative depending upon the emotions that we attach to it or the story that we attach to it. And oftentimes the story that we attach to things are really based upon the beliefs that we have about ourselves and about life and about other people. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to attach a copy of the schema worksheet so that you guys can see what it looks like. And it's essentially like a prism. So you have your event and the event goes through the prism like white light and it bends in a certain way, depending upon what your belief is. So the prism is like your filter. It's helpful if you look at the sheet because it might be a little convoluted without looking at the sheet. But essentially, we're going to say every event that happens go through goes through a belief filter. So that's what we're going to look at with Frank right now. Okay. Is So Frank, tell me a situation in your life where you maybe didn't act as your highest self or you reacted in a way that was highly emotional and it maybe it didn't go as well as you had wanted it to go. Pretend you're in therapy. <laughs> I have to do the typical <laughs> the typical YouTuber sorry sigh where they before they're about to say something <laughs> serious they go because <sighs> <laughs> you know yes. it's serious. You know yes. it you know it's going to be deep. It's the right? preparation. So, I guess I have to I'll try to give a little bit of context without giving a whole life story about okay. how we got to the specific situation. I obviously want the focus to remain on the situation itself. Yeah, I'm here for it. So I was, I guess everyone's here for it, whoever's yes. listening. So this was just a, obviously, you know, it's something I'm not proud of. So mm-hmm. it's, that's Anyone why it's difficult. Anyone else have any to, of those moments? Hmm. Yeah, it's I hard. I had one maybe yesterday. <laughs> oh no, it's hard. It's just, it's hard to admit those things, especially yeah. on a public platform, but mm. I like to be vulnerable. So I was, my very first relationship was toxic is a huge understatement on how that relationship was. There's a lot of pieces to it, mm. but we're going to be fast forwarding in this, in this relationship to a point where it was Christmas Eve and Prior to this situation, my boyfriend at the time and I, we had broken up on and off. Oh, man, I can't even remember how many times. Like, we had started dating in June, I think. It was sometime in the summer. So this is December now. And we had broken up on and off already, like, at least 20 times. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. And after this situation happened, we had broken up and then we were back together Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. And then we broke up again before New Year's Mm -hmm. Eve. And it was one of those. Okay. (laughs) There's a lot of. So very emotionally. Oh, yes. Bereft. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Very, very exhausting looking back. I bet. It just, my my cortisol starts rising up as I think about (laughs) the memory. (laughs) Thank God it's the past. Yes. So, so it was Christmas Eve and. We were celebrating, usually Christmas Eve was celebrated at my aunt's house, and my boyfriend was supposed to attend with me. He was caught up by something I didn't know what. He was just acting weird. And so I attended the party alone, and 
I want to say he didn't show up until like at least two hours or so into the party. Mm-hmm. And he this, was supposed to be on time. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just wondering where my boyfriend is, where my partner is. This mm-hmm. was important to me. And I think in the moment I was thinking, once again, he's not showing up. Yeah. In that moment and what's so going on. So would up. you consider that the event? Like he didn't show up. No. <laughs> no, the okay. event is what is what's about to happen. So I will fast forward. He finally did come to the event. And I was, I can't remember every single detail because mind you, I want to give context. This was all the way back in 2009. Mm -hmm. So many, many, many moons ago. He's so old, people. (laughs) So old. (laughs) Hopefully I look young though. But, you know, he had shown up. That actually, that was another thing too. He was five years older than I was. Mm -hmm. I was only 17 or 18 at this time. Yeah. So very different mindset. Yes. So he had showed up and we start arguing because he wasn't there on time and we're going back and forth. And then specifically, I remember him for quote saying, because I must have asked what's going on. Like I wanted answers Mm -hmm. because he was just, I think at the time I felt like he was being a jerk to me and just like acting weird. And then he for quote said, I cheated on your ass. Oh, and without, so I forgot to mention too, when I came out, I had come out of the house and met him outside. We were in the driveway and I had my plate of food with me. So without any thought, it's probably one of the only times I ever just had like such a strong initial reaction. Mm-hmm. I hit him across the face with the plate of food. Wow. I get it. But wow. <laughs> no, I don't yeah. even excuse it. It's yeah. definitely not. Like I said, there's a lot of history. And that's why like there was a lot of toxic stuff happening beforehand to where it just got to this yeah. point of just yeah. like that. I feel like that's a clear sign two people shouldn't be together. <laughs> yes, I would agree. <laughs> that moment once, Especially once it turns physical. Yeah. So if we're looking at the idea of an event, right? I would say that hitting him with a plate of food was one of your actions in response to the event, right? So in this instance, I would most likely say that the event was your partner revealing he had been unfaithful to you. Yes. Yes. And and in not a very nice way. (laughs) Well, to add to that, mm -hmm. to add, I think why I also had, why that, reaction came out of that as well Mm -hmm. was the relationship whether you would say it was abusive from like my end or his end or both of us i had i will admit i had cheated on him first Mm -hmm. a couple months prior and i had told him like you know if you want to break up with me i understand he said that no like i can move past this and every day after that he was so controlling and made me feel like shit. He would check my phone every single night, Mm -hmm. like go through it. There was just absolutely no trust. And I felt like he was acting so like holier now. He'd always remind me how he would never do that to me. So then to have done it and he had told me he actually cheated on me right after I cheated on him. So when I had told him I cheated, it was the next day when he Mm -hmm. had finally told me it was a couple months later And I think just like everything, it was like, I think just the frustration from the relationship and situation is. So it's just sort of the culmination of a really toxic and distressful relationship. And I don't excuse my actions at all. Yeah, it's not a matter. It's okay to own those actions, but the best thing to do is certainly learn from them, which clearly you have. (laughs) Yeah. Because you would never do anything like that now. (laughs) I don't think, right? No, I wouldn't. Yeah. Or. (laughs) no sorry it's a little like funny context Mm -hmm. because whenever i haven't told many people that story but there was always one question with that and it was like well what happened to the food (laughs) and it was because it was christmas eve there was a lot of snow like i had to hide certain pieces like in the snow at my aunt's house so like some animals were really happy during springtime right there was something under there waiting for them (laughs) so bad so i think for this situation what we would do is we have a lot of backstory, so we kind of understand the yeah. context of what happened. But for the sake of the schema, what we're gonna we're gonna take the event as okay. 
your boyfriend telling you on Christmas Eve that he cheated on you. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so that event, I know it doesn't feel this way, but that event is neutral. It's just an event. Right? Okay. Because in reality, you could have had many different reactions, although I think most of us could would probably have a very similar reaction to what you had. But it's entirely possible you're like, oh, thank God, now I can be out of this relationship. <laughs> or you could have just been like, awesome, we're even. You know what I mean? Like you could have had multiple yeah. different reactions. The event itself is a neutral event, right? This is the event. So what's going to happen is that event goes through a filter. And there's two ways to look at it. But I think what would be easier is to look at the reactions and the things that happened after before we look at the filter of the belief that the event went through. Okay. So what were the thoughts that happened in your head? He's two hours late. He tells you I cheated on your ass, which is not a great form of communication, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. So can you think of thoughts that happened in your head at that time? When it comes to that specific action, mm -hmm. there were not, I would never, if I had actually used thought, mm -hmm. that action wouldn't have even happened. I don't think, but so it was like almost an automatic reaction. Yes. So you went to action. And the first. only pot, I, the one thought I do remember sort of having was that you're a hypocrite. Yeah. Right. So you're a hypocrite. What would you say that your emotions were? I, well, anger <laughs> for yes. sure, but, and hurt. So anger is the emotion from a perceived injustice. Makes sense. Yes. Yep. But also, I would also say ashamed and embarrassed, not in necessarily the action itself. I mean, today, yes, I'm embarrassed by that action, but there was like, there was like an embarrassed of, I guess how I thought of relationships is that they should always look good from the outside and things should always be like civil and stuff. And I had almost like this like weird perfection thing on the outside. Yeah. So that crumbled, like that being this happening in some sort of a public place like that just crumbled everything. It crumbled, I guess, my idea of this perfect relationship I was trying to build up in my head. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't actually happening yeah. in real life, but also I felt insecure. Yeah. So you can see like the high level of emotionality. And sometimes when we have a really big emotional output that comes from something, our action comes pre-thought and our thoughts come after, we sort of think of it as like, we think, then we emote, then we feel something, then we have an action, but yeah. it doesn't always come in that exact circle that you'll see on the worksheet. So in this case, it was like you had this rush of emotion, then a reactive action. Yeah. Did you have any bodily sensations other than your hand hitting <laughs> the back of the plate as it hit his face? <laughs> Where did you feel it in your body when you were having those intense emotions? Typically, I guess that situation, I probably felt something in my gut and not a good feeling. Because mm -hmm. just looking yeah. at history of what I've been through in life, I always feel a pit in my stomach type of thing whenever yeah. I go through a negative situation yeah. or negative connotated situation. Mm -hmm. But tenseness in my shoulders, mm -hmm. like a shaky feeling that yeah. I can't stop because it's like so So adrenaline. you can kind of see all the components yeah. of it together. And it doesn't necessarily happen exactly like thoughts, emotions, bodily sensations, and then actions. It doesn't necessarily happen in that way. But we know, you know, you had these thoughts of like you're a hypocrite and like you're a bad person. A lot more thoughts. Uh, you're a bad partner. Yeah, a lot more thoughts probably came up After. once the cool down period. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then the emotion, you felt it in your body. We know what the action was that you took. Yeah. And you can kind of see that. And so looking back on it, you say, boy, I didn't act in a way that was my highest self. And I think we can kind of understand why that happened. But knowing that you didn't come from a space that was your highest self, the important piece to understand is why that reaction happened. So when I think about that, it's what was the belief that was in the filter that the event mm. went through? And one of the things that I remember when we were talking about it, because when we did our beliefs episode, we kind of delved into that a little bit, where you talked about your difficulty in being able to feel like you can trust, trust people. Yeah, I was going to say trust issues, right? Yeah. And so certainly... <laughs> somebody oh, yeah. saying they cheated on you would 100% kind of fit within that mold. Do you think that was a belief that you had 
in that filter that you think impacted your reactive space? Oh, most definitely. Mm -hmm. He was a compulsive liar on top of it. Mm -hmm. And I knew that. But I guess I didn't think the lying went as far as that because he had made me feel so shameful of my own action. Mm-hmm. But yes, no, I definitely didn't trust him. Yeah, I mean, and that's totally understandable, right? So if we use the same framework as we used in the other episode, which if you guys haven't listened to that, you should go. It was a really good episode, Core Beliefs. If we use the I cannot trust anyone 100%, which I think is the wording that you use. Yeah. So if we'll use that, and in this case, it was sort of backed up by a really untrusting relationship and sort of toxic space that it makes sense that it would fall within that belief space. So you have your event. It goes through your filter of, I can't trust anyone, mm-hmm. 100%. Then you have these emotions, these thoughts, these actions. And then this is kind of like what happens in our life. You can kind of look at that space. The reason that I start with with looking at this with my clients is because if you want to react differently, if you want to have different patterns, you have to be willing to look at what causes the patterns to begin with. And the story that we tell ourselves about who we are and our beliefs often run that story. Definitely. And therefore it creates the patterns that we make that we don't want. So now that we have your event, how are you feeling? All right. I, (laughs) like I said before, it's not something, yeah, I guess it feels icky because it's just a whole different, it almost feels like that version of me as a whole different persona compared to who I am today. Yes. And certainly because you went through that experience is one of the reasons you're not that person anymore. Yeah. Because you knew you came out of that space. Once you calmed down and started to process, you were like, boy, I don't want to be that person. And I I think that happens. That happens to me all the time. Oh, I don't want to show up like that. That's a, you know what I mean? Regardless of what this other person did. I know who I want to be. I don't want to show up that way. But we have to be willing to create new personalities and new patterns and spaces in order to become a different person because we have we have to look at that. So let's talk about your current personality. Okay. Or we can do we can do the personality that you had at the time or we can do who you are now. That's up to you. But what I want to know are what are the things that you really like about yourself? I like that I'm comical, or at least I think I am. <laughs> See, there we go. There's I a agree. <laughs> I like that I'm a good listener, that I mean, I believe I'm educated or smart or intelligent, I think is the word we use, not smart. I believe that, like, I like that I'm good at communicating. Okay. I'm trying to think what else. Resilient. Okay, I, th- I would agree with that. <laughs> Eek. No, that's a good thing. No, Same. I know. <laughs> it's yeah. Just, yeah, that really built up over time, of course, mm-hmm. like it does for all of us. Okay, how about things you dislike about yourself? Things about yourself that are hard for you or challenging? So that what's interesting with that is I almost had to ask myself if something was wrong with me in the sense that I don't think I dislike much about myself Hmm. or at least like who I am. Like if you were to ask me that back then, I feel the list would have been really long. Okay. Where now, I guess one of the things I would say I dislike about myself is sometimes the path that my insecurities take me on. Like it makes me, I call it that it makes me step out of character and who I really am. So that's something I would say. So what are the things that make you feel insecure about yourself? If you want to. Hmm. Oh, man. This is going really deep now. If you want to use some of the stuff from your past self, I think that's okay. Because when when I'm usually doing this process, I'm usually using a situation that just happened. Like I'm, I'm in therapy with them and they're going, this thing just happened last night and I'm freaking (laughs) out about it. Do you know what I mean? So it's okay to, to use that space as well, because you have done a lot of work since then. And you're certainly not 17 anymore. (laughs) No, no. Right. I would say feeling neglected Mm. would be something that makes me feel insecure. I don't know if you would tie those together or because I, I guess what, what makes you neglected? 
Well, that's what I guess I was going to explain. I'm not actually being neglected in every situation, Mm -hmm. but yet, like, I guess one example could be maybe, like, maybe you didn't talk to someone. Like, I guess let's say, like, you and your partner didn't talk all day. Okay. Maybe, like, that would be something that would maybe make me feel neglected, even though they're not actually neglecting me. mm -hmm. It's just like this. I kind of call it, I my therapist and I, we kind of identified and one of my friends that we have this thing called the voice of sabotage. And I, so that's maybe something I dislike about myself that this voice of sabotage will tell me you're being neglected right now. You're not being valued, even though that's not actually Mm -hmm. the case. So do you feel like sometimes you feel like you need a lot of external validation or reassurance? Yeah. Some. Okay. I'm I'm definitely that person, so I get it. I'm more, yeah. It's definitely something I'm working on. Yeah, but okay. that's tough too because I, th- or at least like I speaking from my own experiences and stuff that I do for work, I've pu- I've had to do a lot of stuff that was through social media and through this public eye, mm-hmm. and I've definitely gotten a lot of negative comments <laughs> throughout my time as well that has affected me, and I've had to do a lot of work in therapy to kind of separate the online persona from who I really am. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting about that is it's interesting how if we hear something enough, we start to believe it. And so sometimes, you know, being online, it's very vulnerable in a lot of ways because people don't have to be in front of your face to insult you. They can just be trolls and say what they want to say. And a lot of people act out their own pain on other people for whatever reason, you know, they're in pain. So they're going to kind of take it out on you. But what I find is oftentimes the things that hit us the most, the the things that bother us the most are the things that we sort of judge about ourselves already, Mm. or we're already a little bit insecure about in ourselves. Yeah. So for me, like body stuff would a hundred percent be that like if people were to be like, you're fat, or you're gross or something like that, because I already struggle sometimes with those feelings of myself, even though I feel like I'm so much better than I used to be around that. It's still something that I feel very insecure about. Sometimes that would hit me really hard, not because necessarily that they said it, but because someone else validated my own experience of myself. And it's it's really it's really hard it because is, it's yeah. this thing that you feel about yourself. No, I've struggled with an eating disorder, so I definitely understand yeah. that. And I've yeah. had I've had people I met for the first time the way they treated me, and it wasn't it was so weird. Like when, I remember in one specific situation, someone was I guess a lot more friendlier and chattier with me because like they were treating me a certain way. And one of the first phrases they told me was, oh, you get a lot of likes online. You have a lot of followers. So it was almost like they were identifying me as having value due to that social thing. But then it also kind of felt good in the moment. Yeah. It was a little bit of external validation. Yeah. I mean, we all need some of it, I think, because we live in community. We want to, you know, it's a basic need to feel important, to feel validated, to feel significant, to feel worthy. Like we all, we all have that, but I think we can go overboard sometimes. I know significance is something that I've struggled with a lot is wanting to feel more significant than I feel. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, having to shift that is really important. So now that we have things that you like about yourself, things that are challenging for you or things that you dislike about yourself that you want to, you know, improve upon. Do you know of anyone in your life? Um, It can be a person that you know personally. It can be um, a mentor. It can be someone who's famous. Anyone that you want that you just think is like awesome. That they're just, not that they're a perfect person, but that they're just like killing life. And they know how to do it. And they just show up in the best way. And you just really admire. Do you have anyone that you think of like that? I had to think about that. You're going to laugh at who I ended up choosing, <laughs> but Jay Shetty. <laughs> oh, I love that. You know what though? I mean, it's a, it's kind of perfect because he is amazing. And and just like he just like everyone else, you have this sort of persona, right, that you present to the world and you have all these things, but then you have to go back to your life and live it. So I'm sure he 
he struggles with things too. He's a human just like the rest of us. Yeah. Now I do want to make a disclaimer that this isn't sponsored by Jay Shetty or his Although if products you want to or anything. If you want to, definitely. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just, it's, this isn't a Jay Shetty episode. He no. just happens to be great. Yeah. So what is it about him that you know from reading him or, or watching his videos that you think are the, like the most desirable attributes that he has that makes him so successful in his life? Well, I think it's important, like you just said earlier, that we don't, because it's not like we know him personally. So there's all yes. these things about him that oh, that 100%. he could act that we don't even know. Mm-hmm. But one of the first things for me, I mean, obviously you said a lot of, at the beginning of the episode, you said a lot of positive things about Jay Shetty. Mm-hmm. I agree with all of those. Mm-hmm. And one of those that really sticks out to me is just how composed he is. I love that. Like the way it's, I call it like this composed maturity that he has where I kind of viewed myself, I think a little bit more rough around the edges, but I felt like he's gone through tough things as well. And the way that Mm -hmm. he was able to control and compose his emotions and how he dealt with things. I've listened to, he has a really good podcast and I've listened to episodes of that. And sometimes he's had his partner on Mm -hmm. and they've talked about some of their relationship issues, which also shows And what I admire about him is that he can be vulnerable with his struggles and still go back to being this like guru and this composed individual. Yeah, I think that there's this idea that if you are knowledgeable or wise or like a guru in some way, that that means that you're not vulnerable anymore or that no matter what happens you're just okay with everything that happens. You don't have any emotions or anything like that. I used to think that all the time, that when you were enlightened enough, nothing bothered you. And you just were like, everything is fine. This is the way the world, but that's not really how it goes. And so I think, I think that's a beautiful way to kind of look at it is like, he has this ability to be fully vulnerable and allow himself to be seen while also being able to have all of this knowledge and this wisdom and share it and also be very fully human. Both of those things. I I don't think those things need to be mutually exclusive, but oftentimes I think we expect them to be. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Of the things that you have difficulties with or your challenges that we listed, some of your insecurities, the voice of sabotage, Mm -hmm. you know, external validation needs and reassurances or anything else that you can think of, what of those would you want to upgrade if you could, what would you want them to look like instead? Well, I guess I'd rather feel reassured, like within myself and secure and. Yeah. So you would internalize those things. Yeah. And so, you know, I think when we think about like Jay Shetty and. Well, I guess, I guess, sorry to add to that is that I guess to change the whole mindset that not everything is happening to you specifically or like attacking you. That's something I I love that. Yeah. Need to work on. Yeah. I love that. So I guess, I guess in simpler terms, mm-hmm. personifying everything. Yeah. So let's think about these attributes that we talked about with Jay Shetty and also like s- upgrading some of the things that you are challenging for you. Mm-hmm. And we're going to com- compile this list because what we're creating is a persona. So for Beyonce, you know, she created Sasha Fierce, who was confident and empowered and a diva and a leader and someone who could go up and command an audience. Like she had those attributes that Beyonce did not feel she had herself. Mm. And so if we think about creating a persona for you, then the attributes of this new persona are going to be a lot of the things that you talked about. So it's how do they deal with stress and difficult situations? How do they live their lives? What are their values and beliefs? And so we'll compile that list based on what you've told me so far. Okay. Right. Which is your persona would be composed, mature, a person who is vulnerable and wise, right? A person that feels internalized validation and reassurance and also has an understanding that things that happen are not necessarily personal attacks, but that there's extenuating circumstances. So maybe generous in their assumptions, would you agree with, with yeah, that? Yeah, I could agree list? with that. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else that you think you would add to, you know, if you could be your best self or 
you know, this persona. Is there any other characteristics you would add to that? Maybe unbothered. Unbothered. Explain. Tell me what you mean by that. <laughs> Good question. Mm. I guess unbothered in the sense, see, now I'm questioning if I'm talking about unbothered from like the external, yeah. from the external or from the internal yeah, or both, which maybe it's a mix of both. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because I love the idea of being unbothered too. Like I think about that too, but I also think about emotions as being guideposts for us. And if the expectation of ourselves or of the work that we're doing on ourselves, if the expectation is that we will get to a point where nothing bothers us, I think we're going to (laughs) fail. I really do. And I think we're going to fail because in reality, life is challenging. Life is painful. We get hit with things all the time. So is there a different expectation you could have for yourself that would be helpful? I guess I, yeah, I guess I define unbothered a little differently. Okay. Not yeah. meaning that like, I'm just not going to feel anything yeah. in any situation or be this like stone mm-hmm. wall to it, but more so not, I guess, giving into like, for example, with my event, like giving into the anger where it caused mm. a reaction so, so maybe being able to stay steady in the face of emotions, like emotional space. <laughs> or composed, like we said five yeah, times earlier. Yeah, composed is great. <laughs> but, the, but sometimes we're not going to be composed. But, no. but the idea is, is that, I forget who the quote was from, of course. I, I don't know if you're surprised I have a quote for this. <laughs> uh, but if anybody knows what this is, put, put it in there. But it was between an event and our... And the action that we take, there's a space. And the longer we can make that space, the better reaction we can have. Mm. And that's where we get, that's our choice is in that space. And so what I feel like I'm hearing you say is, is that you want to be able to have something happen and you being able to create enough space in between the event and your reaction to choose what you want to do. Because essentially what you said about that situation with your ex was that you didn't even, you had no space. Yeah. There was this thing happened and snap, I, I reacted. And now you're looking back at it. You're going this, that's not who I want to be. That's not who I wanted to be at the time. And so essentially maybe part of your journey, like as a person is figuring out how to create that space. And actually, I think you do that pretty brilliantly right now. Thank you. I really do. Because there have been times that have been tense between the two of us where we're working through something. And you will say to me, I'm going to take I'm going to take a little bit of time. And that's hard. Well, well, because especially I I notice some of my worst arguments have been through text. Yeah, because it's so easy to just go no 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 to just like <laughs> slam the buttons, yeah. all the letters, yeah. and get out a 100%. hole. Which you know what? If you want to do that, fine, but don't send it right away. Yes. Like maybe write it out, type it out, and then process yeah. before sending that message. Yes. But but to You've go back, definitely given me that advice before, which is helpful. <laughs> it's yeah. Sometimes we do need a filter because our emotions oh God, can be. So yeah. It can really bubble up quick without us even realizing. But to touch back on your other thing, I do believe in acknowledging our emotions. Yeah. And then just moving forward with oh. it. Like I don't want to just pretend like we didn't mm-hmm. feel anything. Absolutely. And, and that's probably what was. That's probably what was issues in that in that relationship, and maybe some of my others in the past where people were staying together and not really acknowledging mm-hmm. the emotions that were going on and just saying like, oh no, we'll just keep going through it when maybe yeah. we shouldn't. Like maybe we should really acknowledge there's a problem here. Yeah. So I think we have a pretty good list. Yeah. I think that's that's pretty good. I, I think that's, I mean, I think you do this a lot anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but how we see ourselves is not always the way that other people see us. And so I think that I see you in this light a lot anyway, but, but sometimes, you know, some people see me in a more positive way than I can see myself too. Oh, definitely. I mean, that happens. Oh no, I definitely have days where like, I mean, take it for example, and this is just based off of the days of recording the day before yesterday, I was super motivated. I felt really good. Mm -hmm. And then yesterday, super unmotivated, felt like I was crap Mm -hmm. (laughs) and not. So it's just, yeah. Yeah. It just depends on the day. So now we have to create a name. 
<laughs> okay. You know, I, name for your persona. And it can can literally be anything. I kind of like have something, I think. <laughs> <laughs> or Sasha Fierce. Or actually, I had a client who I did this process with her. And she's like, the only name I can think of is Michelle Obama. So I was like, cool, let's do it. So everything is like, what would Michelle Obama do in this situation? And we'd we don't mean actually Michelle Obama because yeah. we don't know Michelle Obama, but like the persona that we created of Michelle Obama. So that's kind of cool. But go ahead. What do you got for me? So I, I think I kind of have something for it and I'm Let's probably probably going to butcher this because I am Italian, but it's not like I know, know how to speak Italian super well. So don't criticize Ooh, me Oh, I know a little much. bit. Let me try. Okay, go ahead. But I wanted to do like a Forza or like a Forza Saga. Is it Forza Sago? Which means, which Forza means strong or strength. Yeah, Forza. Forza. Yeah. yeah. Or, and then Sago means wise. So, like, I wanted I a name that, that kind of identified, like, strong and wise. All right. I love that. Okay. See, you're like me, right? <laughs> We're like, it's got to be meaningful. And there's going to be, like, a, it's going to be unique and meaningful and something. See? You see me. Well, it's like I when people, it's like when people get tattoos, and <laughs> right? it's like some people really want a story crafted in there, or it's someone that passed away, and then other people are like plaster Snoopy right on the back of my ass. Like, I love it, right? <laughs> and it doesn't mean anything. They just want to. They're just like yeah. wanted Snoopy there. I'm not one of those people. I'm a like it needs to have meaning, and I so I, so I see you. I see you, Frank. I see you. <laughs> so I shouldn't even assume. Maybe that would have meaning. <laughs> so let me ask you. For Forza, what do you think his belief would be around trust? I guess I would say trust until trust is broken Hmm. type of thing. Or just, I get, or be more forgiving of people's human ability to make mistakes. I love that. Okay. That just really came out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) That's sometimes those are the best ones. And you know, it can be hard taking a belief and trying to switch and pick a different one. And so sometimes I tell people just pick the opposite. Mm. So sometimes if you literally feel like if my belief is I can't trust people, then you could just say I can trust people. You know what I mean? Maybe that's what your persona says. People are ultimately trustworthy, right? But for you, you're going to say, you know, forces belief is I can see and understand and be forgiving of people's humanness. Right. So now the reason why we did the whole incident to begin with was because we're going to take Forza, the strong, wise Forza. one, and we're going to bring him back to the situation. Right. Okay. Because it's not you or the Frank of then. Okay. It's Forza is in this place. Right. And he is standing there outside of your aunt's house right? or his aunt's house. And his boyfriend says, I cheated on your ass. So the event is neutral. Now this goes through. This is going to take some imagination. I'm already starting a little bit. I'm already tearing up a little bit. Yes, it's different, right? So now the filter is not going to be, we're going to change it out like a cartridge almost. And we're going to take it from, I can't trust people or I can never trust people 100%. We're going to take that out and we're going to replace it with, I can see and forgive other people's humanness. Wow. Right? Yeah. So we're going to slide that into that space. And now from that space, tell me what the thoughts of Forza would be. What are the thoughts that would happen? I can be forgiving of people's humanness. I probably, or Forza, yeah. would probably say that we should make time to discuss this in another, at a future date. So what, that would be a thought or that would be an action? You would say that. I would say that. Yes. And what would your thought process be? So you like to start with actions, which is fine. So let's start. So the action would be, we need to talk about this at another time. This is not an appropriate place to do it. Yeah. But what would the thought happen in your head? Or maybe you want to do emotion first. Hmm. Maybe you're an action emotion. Then thought comes after. This, this is a learning process for me too. Because <laughs> I've never had anybody do it this way. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's good. I like that. So, okay, so wait, the emotion, I'm trying to break this piece by piece. Yeah. So the emotion, there still would be hurt there. Absolutely. Because like, yeah, we can't just ignore that fact. No, of course. And hurt would be incredibly appropriate for that situation. Yeah. So yes, that would be there. Now the thought. Even if you still were angry, 
even if you were still like really hurt and angry and overwhelmed, like those things might still be there. Okay. Yeah. But maybe not the embarrassment piece because you didn't have that reactive space as much. Do you know what I mean? Like you before taking it to that level of like, oh God, you know, this whole big thing is happening at my aunt's house. It didn't happen, you know, in the same way, but you still will probably have all those, all of those appropriate emotions, I think. Yeah, no, I agree yeah. with that. And you might still feel it in the same way internally, right? You still might have that pit in your stomach. But I mean, I think that's a punch in the gut for anyone, no? Yeah, no, I yeah. agree with that. Mm-hmm. I. So what do you think your thought process would be? Well, I, I definitely would be thinking don't, don't overreact in this moment, meaning like don't hit the person or mm. I'm trying to. It's interesting. I'm trying to think if I still would think that he was a hypocrite or not, hmm. because that's that was my thought. That was one of my very few thoughts in the moment. Well, if your filter is, I can see and forgive people's humanness. Yeah. Then hypocrisy is a piece of humanity. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Hmm. That's a good point. We do things a lot that we tell other people they shouldn't do. <laughs> I, I guess the thought... Hmm. I don't know if I'd have the thought in this mm-hmm. moment, but I guess the thought could on this situation could be like, I understand that he's been hurting too in the mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, if we're adding some of the context as well, I had cheated on him. Yeah. So it's, I don't, it's trying to understand. Yeah. I guess why he did what he mm-hmm. did as well. And I, I want to recognize too that, that trying to change that filter and kind of think of it in a different way is not always easy because it, requires a different way of thinking about things but the beauty of the space of you being able to look at it that way and even just kind of thinking about it in this brief moment because this is me just kind of springing this on you right this is real time this we did not do all of this ahead of time we didn't so this is kind of real real time of looking at it that way but it shows you the possibility to look at things in a different way because the event didn't change. No. Nothing changed. Nothing changed in that whole scenario except the filter. That's it. All you did was put a different filter in and the emotions were still similar. Your actions were very different. Yeah. Your thought process was different. Even if you had some of the same things, like you could have had a thought that came up like that was pretty hypocritical of you to do that to me, but you had some other things in there. And so what, what happens is it creates a different thought pattern and a different process to go through it because all you did was change that filter because you took your new persona. You took, you know, Forza Seguro, right? Was that, is that the right last name? It's something like that, yeah. Okay. FS. <laughs> FS, oh, no. the Italian man. <laughs> Taking, hit, moving into him because he's you. Yeah. He just doesn't always feel like you. Because sometimes we revert back to this old, these old coping skills and these old things that we went through. But just by sliding in his belief and you stepping into that space gives you the opportunity to look at things differently. So if we are in relationships with people and we don't want to have the same reaction that we always have where we're overreacting or freaking out or yelling at each other, having arguments or all of those things... And we have created this other persona that you have on hand and you say, you know what? Oh, I'm getting wicked triggered here, right? This is, I'm feeling that pit in my stomach. Mm. I'm feeling this anger. I'm feeling this weight in my chest. I'm feeling nauseous. I'm feeling tense. Whatever it is that triggers us to know that this event is causing an emotional reaction. In that moment, we get to say, okay, I'm going to step into Forza right now. Or for me, I'm going to, I'm going to be Sekhmet right now. What would Sekhmet do? You know, it's like the those bracelets everyone used to wear for a long time. Like, what would Jesus do? But it's like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's essentially that same thing. Because what you're attempting to do is I'm meeting this challenge, this challenging space. And instead of meeting it with my old self that will be reactive. And it's not, it's not a judgment of your old self. It's just an acknowledgement that these things that I did helped me then, but they don't help me now. I need to be a different person now. I need to grow because I don't want to show up like that anymore. Hmm. I want to grow and change. And so I'm going to step into this. I'm going to actively make the choice to be him and follow that thought process so that I can open it. It's not going to be exact. It's not a panacea. It doesn't make everything better all the time. But the more we do it, 
the more we consistently step into new patterns and decide who we want to be in situations, the easier it gets because then eventually force is not a separate person. We, we become them. Exactly. And that that's the best part. So for listeners at home, try this process. Yes. It's awesome. It's really interesting. You'd be surprised what you learn about yourself. It can be a little bit painful sometimes looking at the things we don't like about ourselves, but in reality, we have to be willing to look at those things in order to own them. And it's okay to integrate all pieces of ourselves because we all make mistakes. We all have challenges. We all have patterns that aren't great for us. We all have limiting beliefs. And in order to upgrade those things, in order to learn and grow, we need to be willing to look at the things that we don't really love all the time without judgment, just acknowledging that they're there and that they came from a space of helping us move forward. They helped us move through difficult situations and maybe they aren't working anymore. So we're going to upgrade. That's what this persona work is for me. So if you want to take a board or a piece of paper or something just like I did and write your persona name on it, stick it up on the wall, write the little attributes, all the list of attributes that we love. So for Frank, he would put Forza's name up there, put it on the wall, and he would write composed and vulnerable and mature and knowledgeable and wise and internal validation, internally validating. You know, you would write all of those things so that you had a constant reminder of when you hit that situation, let me step into this space. Consistency is key. And the more you do it, the more it becomes part of who you are and it's not a persona anymore. And then you have become Beyonce. I mean, well, or Forza or Sekhmet (laughs) or Michelle Obama, right? (laughs) But yeah, so so I just want to take a second and and not only thank you for going through this process, because it's not always an easy one. And it's something that we do in therapy space, which is not usually public. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. So I just, I really appreciate your willingness to go through this and kind of be like, oh, like podcast guinea pig. <laughs> Once again, no, no, thank you for having me too. I yeah. think it's important. I like to do this sometimes because there's all these amazing things that can happen in a therapy setting. And Mm -hmm. the thing is, it a lot has to stay confidential. Yes. So I like to kind of do some of this, because I am volunteering that vulnerability, just so people who haven't tried therapy, or they're scared to try therapy, or they don't really know how it's like, it's like this maybe gives them a taste of that. So maybe they'll be comfortable because I think I think people really should look into that avenue. I, I'm more Absolutely. I'm more with um like obviously with certain things, definitely like you need meds for certain things, but there's I feel like there's a lot of work that we can do through a therapy setting instead of just jumping right to Absolutely. Meds. I commend your willingness to be vulnerable and courageous because it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable. And I so appreciate that you're willing to do this with me you know, on, on my podcast and you've been such a great support to me for such a long time. And you're really like the person that like lit the fire for me to start this process. And so I really, I would not be here doing this without you. I'm going to get teary now, but it's really true. So I really feel that way. No, I really appreciate that. And you kind of, this whole show too inspired me to maybe start my own little future podcast as well on the side. We'll see though. (laughs) We'll see. I'm working on it, but it's a different, it's a whole different, it's like a book review, author interview. I love that. But I guess I hadn't, I took a break from podcasting and ironically part of that was due to mental health and just Mm -hmm. the stress of things in life. So then when I came onto this show again, it definitely reminded me of those things that I missed, like how much fun podcasting can be and how great it is to have this voice out there in that space to be able to do this work. So I really appreciate yeah. if this show hadn't happened, maybe I wouldn't have come back to this space. So yeah. I really appreciate you for that. And I just appreciate our friendship outside of oh, all of this too. as well. And that we were able to, yeah, all, all because I went to a work, a workshop <laughs> essentially. <laughs> and if like, I never oh, went yeah. there, who knows? Yeah. You know, Nothing but love here. It's so good. <laughs> it feels really good. So thank you all so much for, showing up and listening and taking part. And please let us know how your experience is. If you do go through this process, I'd love to hear 
how you feel about it and if you came up with anything and if you want to share what your persona's name is, that would be amazing. Please don't forget to join us every Monday and I can't wait to see you again. Be well. If you want to share your experience, write a comment or contact us on Instagram at relationfixpod or email us at relationfixpodcast at gmail.com and tell us about it. All this information will be available in the show notes as well. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave a review, subscribe, and share it with your loved ones. 